Welcome to the irregular search for truth. I agree with it just without having read it. This is the irregular search for truth, the podcast where we discuss things until we understand them better. I'm Scott. And I'm Sachin. Here we go. Anything, uh, any, did you think of anything for today? <laughs> well, we have some reviews that we could do. Okay, yeah, yeah, we just went and got a burrito and had a beer. Yeah, so. <laughs> in, uh, in our lake, in my neighborhood, uh, bars. What would you call your neighborhood? Uh, I call it lower, lower, I call it Lower Pack Heights. Lower Pack Heights. That might be like a made-up place, but like, I think all our neighborhoods are made-up places. Yeah, yeah. I think, like, Pacific Heights and the Western Edition are, like, more traditional, longer, tenured neighborhoods. Gotcha. Whereas Lower Pack Heights is sort of like, uh, Pack Heights is sort of uh, spread, I guess you could say. Mm. But I don't think we quite have the grandeur of the actual Pacific Heights. In well, yeah, of... because Pacific Heights is actually that ridge. Yeah, it's like the top of the mountain where all these amazing houses are. Yeah. And we're, I mean, we're like five blocks from there. And we've got uh, a similar like wannabe clientele of people who live around here, who like would like to be the top of the hill. I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone wants to be the top of the hill. Everybody's a, a hill climber here. Yeah, but I think the people in this neighborhood, you know, they probably have a good chance of getting oh, up there. Interesting. Or, yeah. No offense to you know. People down in the center line. Yeah, but uh, you know, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That's that's the worst thing you could say. I think to like make your point. I'm just saying because usually it's, it's preceded by an offensive statement. I suppose that's true. There was an entire Mad About You episode all about that. Oh, was there? I'm just saying. Or maybe it was Seinfeld. I don't know. They were almost the same show. Not what it was about, but I'm just saying. So what did you think of our neighborhood burrito place and bar? Yeah, what was the burrito place called? El Burrito Express. El Burrito Express, San Francisco, California, on Divisadero, uh, just past, what, Bush? Between Bush Between and Pine. Between Bush and Pine. El Burrito Express, a fine burrito joint. I think it's really good. Um, I had a, uh, a vegetarian burrito in honor of uh, eating with Sachin, um, <laughs> and it had uh, beans, rice, uh, onions, tomatoes, and peppers, a la fajita, right? And uh, and lettuce. I actually I asked for sour cream and guacamole in addition. They're good additions. My one complaint. Oh, also on the side, got some chips and salsa, free. I, I wasn't expecting those. It's always a bonus. Um, my one uh, constructive criticism for them is the lettuce. I'm not a fan of lettuce and burritos. Now, usually I'm not a fan of lettuce and burritos because they use iceberg lettuce out of like a lettuce shooter. And so it's just like, it's just these big chunks of uh, turgid cellulose. <laughs> turgid? Yeah. Turgid cellulose What's full the tra- of water. Is there a Spanish translation for that word? Turgid? Uh, Turgido? Turco. Turco. <laughs> um... And they, uh, and usually the lettuce is just this space taker up. Right, right. But they, these guys, I think they were using non-iceberg lettuce, uh, or if they were just using iceberg lettuce, they were using like that outer edges only, which just seems wasteful. So I don't think they were using iceberg lettuce. And if it was taken up, it wasn't taken up space because your burrito is huge. Yeah. Like you couldn't say like, oh, they're using ice to fill it up and not give a Coke or something like that. It's like, this is a Mondo burrito. Yeah, it was a big burrito. And, uh, well, though, I mean, 
here's the thing. It was a big burrito, but it was not a wide burrito. Sometimes you get a burrito that's like as wide as a football or something. This was like a this this was a three inch diameter. That's a pretty burrito. solid burrito. <laughs> yeah, two and a half three inches. Yeah, okay. I mean, it was it was a goodly sized burrito. I've had bigger, but uh, <laughs> but it was a good good sized burrito. I still, even though they used some sort of lettuce that was not just a, a space taker upper, I'm not a fan of lettuce in the burrito. But other than that, I would say very, very nice burrito. I liked the grilled onions and, yeah. and peppers and stuff. That was a nice. That's not like about it. I like I like that it's like a veggie burrito and it's not just a condiment burrito. Mm. Yeah, when I got the fresh, I got the, the fresh mix. We actually had like broccoli in it and like all sorts of things like that. So I really like that burrito. And I also got it with a wheat tortilla, brown rice. So I think broccoli and wheat tortilla is taking it too far. <laughs> I said we do it in lower pack rice. I I guess so. <laughs> you want uh, like so. a real burrito, like some. So I don't know what. I don't know what neighborhood you'd go to to get I guess a real you go to burrito. A mission, right? You get like a carne asada or something like that. But I guess I've never really had a real, real burrito. You've never had a real burrito? No. Are you kidding me? I don't think I have. Yeah, I don't think I am. I mean, I've never had a burrito with meat in it. Wow. What? Uh, you've been a vegetarian for what? Going on fifteen years or something? Yeah. And before, like when you were a kid, you never ate no. Mexican food. I mean, we went to Taco Bell. Okay, yeah, that doesn't count. And then, um, and then that was the only place I had burritos before. And uh, then when I went to like El Torito and stuff, I always got uh, the enchiladas rancheras with cheese. Okay. I never really liked the chicken or whatever. No. Yeah. So well, yeah, that's weird. I never thought about that until just now. Chicken is is also like the light option for burritos. Yeah, I've never had a carne asada. I kind of like wish I had because no. like everybody talks about it and they look really awesome. You gotta, I mean, like you gotta make sure you go to a place that that's good though if you if you're going to break your entire way of life yeah, for one burrito that's, that's not gonna happen. you got to make sure it's a good one it's going to be a long time before it i mean i'm kind of going i'm i'm swinging more and more the opposite way which is like away getting, from carne asada yeah it's getting kind of crazy it's getting out of hand <laughs> like what's what's the latest what's the latest on the diet front well you know i just say it like i mean we don't need to go into it but, yeah we uh, do this is the podcast <laughs> we're trying to find the truth you might be getting closer with every bite. Yeah, well, all right. I mean, I've been uh, I've been shunning uh, animal products of all sorts, as it were. Uh, shunning them. Shunning. 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 Like, like I won't even. Like you turn your back on eggs. Exactly. Exactly. You I, see them and you're just like, mm-hmm. no, I, I don't I, acknowledge. I replace them. I say, you know what? I'm not even gonna like leave you well, out. I'm gonna like replace you. They like, become redundant. You yes. fired them from your organization. Exactly. It's like what protein? I'll get protein from over here. No, thank you. So yeah, I've been uh, been uh, shunning the the vegetable pro- the sorry animal animal products, and I've been uh, doing a lot of whole grains. What's the wholest grain you've had? Uh the wholest grain, uh, probably like barley. Not to be confused with the holiest. Uh, <laughs> well, then the holiest. Like... Uh, so you've had like whole barleys. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What's it's, that like? It's pretty good. Yeah. It's, it's almost like a, a, like almost like risotto. Okay. You know, like a, but like a really kind of like almost like a more chewy risotto. Like How risotto? long do you have to cook that for? Like, what's it's the... a while, like an hour. Okay, so you you put it in water and you boil it for an hour. Yeah, actually, you soak it for a little bit. I mean, you don't have to soak it, but I think apparently it just helps. 
and then you like boil it for 45 minutes to an hour and it kind of like comes out kind of like this it kind of like this long kind of oval kernel slash grain and it looks yeah like kind of like a risotto grain or whatever mm-hmm. and then it's kind of chewy and then you could put like uh you could put like make a salad out of it and put vegetables in it it's pretty good huh. and then uh had some quinoa the other day all right yeah quinoa quinoa is kind of like you know it's kind of like almost like rice like or, or couscous mm-hmm. you know it's like small like yeah. you wouldn't say it's and actually it's not a grain it's a seed apparently well grains are seeds true true we found some truth today people <laughs> but it's not like you would i think it's different than like rice or like barley or wheat or something like that you know it's like well you take those and you plant them and you i mean they, they're seeds but i think like uh, when people think of seeds versus grains they, they don't, don't think of I, mean. pe- <laughs> I think i think when people think of grains i mean maybe not pe- i don't know but I'm, I'm just telling you that grains are are a type of seed fine fine but as people use the terms i don't think they, they put them in the same categories hmm. so what do you think of when i say seed like uh, poppy seed, <laughs> bagel toppings, <laughs> chia seeds, flax seeds, okay. uh, sesame seeds. Mm. Brings up locks, schmear. Lots of seeds, but you don't really consider those as like grains, right? Mm. When you think of whole grain, you think of wheat, barley, you know, rice. Right, right. but one is a subcategory of the other. I, uh, from a biological point of view, I completely agree with you. All right. But from a food point of view, when people say seeds, they don't talk about wheat. Well, I don't think that people really say seeds in regards to something they're about to eat too often unless they're explaining what it is. You know, like, like I mean, more depth. I would say with the exception maybe of poppy seeds and sesame seeds, yeah. you, don't, you don't hear the term seeds relation to food quite often, even though you're always eating seeds. Beans are all seeds see again no, nobody calls beans seeds there's no point in talking about how like they're all seeds because they're i mean beans are beans right but usually when you use the word seed you're using it in reference to planting something no no i think it, like i mean you use seeds all the time like pumpkin seeds are used a lot yeah but they're not used as much as like pumpkin like eating pumpkin seeds sunflower seeds are used a lot that's true a lot, I mean, a lot of times, I, I will give you that they're toppings. Like, you know, they like kind of like on top of a bread mm-hmm. or in like oatmeal or like ground up or something like that. I'll give you that. Like, they're not like something you would eat. Like, oh, I'm just going to eat a bowl of like pumpkin seeds. But I think seeds are definitely there and there's a distinction between a seed and a grain. Nope. <laughs> in, in the culinary world. In the culinary world. No, I think, I mean, like... You'd, you'd say, you know, okay, we have our beans, we have our grains, and then So you don't have... make a distinction between a black bean and a wheat berry? No, of course I do. They're totally different things. But they're both seeds. <laughs> but I mean, like, you, I mean, you, can you uh, have, like, a refined bean? Like, can you take off the outside of a bean? Yeah. But people don't do that, do they? I mean, they... I don't know. Maybe that's the next big thing. It seems like certain. Hey, oh. all of our all of our listeners who are gourmet chefs, we're cluing you in on something. Take the outside off of your beans. Sell them for more. Because there's no like there's no like germ and like wheat like endosperm and yeah, like yeah, all or whatever on beans. Well, there's. I mean, think about like the the best example is probably like snap peas or sugar peas. Yeah. Because you can eat the the shell 
yeah. to those, right? Are peas are seeds, are they? Yeah. Really? <laughs> I did not know bean. That. I did not know that. Well, okay, so peas are a subcategory of beans, which are a subcategory of seeds. See, I, again, I th- okay, you're right. You're right. But I think nobody talks about seeds in that way. Like, they're not like grain, like grains, seeds, peas, and beans are all different. <laughs> no, they're not. I mean, yes, they are, but they're different types of seeds. Sure. Right. Sure. Anywho. Moving right along, this was a good burrito place. Yeah, I give it a I give it a nine. What was it called again? El Burrito Express. El Burrito Express. I feel like the wait staff's a little rude. Not wait staff. There's no waiters, but like the people behind the counters are always a little short with me. Mm-hmm. I can't tell if it's just me or that's just the way they are. Huh. They're just like, okay, fine. You know, not, they don't really like smile at you. <laughs> not like, a I like live down the block. I go in there like every other week. They're like, yeah. like, hey, what's going on? Or like smile at me or like that. You know. So. That's my. I would have that one complaint about no. them. Should we should we rate them or just just leave it at that? I'll give it a nine. A nine out of ten. Oh, I thought you were thinking out of like fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> a uh, nine out of nine and a half. All right, all right. I would give it. Um, <clears throat> uh, are we rating it on a scale of compared to other burrito places or compared to like all restaurants and food stuff? Let's go burrito places. Just burrito places. All right. Um, I would give it maybe more along the lines of an eight. Like, lettuce a bit of a drawback. And sometimes I, I wanted my thing to be a little more solid and a greater presence of cheese and guacamole. Mm-hmm. All right. Enough of that rating business. That was blame. <laughs> You can edit that out later. Boop! Bonk. You were saying about the waitstaff being a, uh, uh, maybe a complaint there, or not the waitstaff, but the, the counter staff. I thought sharp contrast to that and good segue was the bar we went to. Yeah. Very friendly bartenders. Yeah. Didn't, like, give us evil eyes or anything. No, it was kind of like, it was like a quintessential, like, neighborhood bar. You know, yeah. like, actually the bartender was in front of the bar when we got in there. And it was almost like, oh, I gotta go behind the bar and I do my job. He was like hanging out with one of the customers. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah, I just had a beer, watched some TV. Yeah. Sometimes, like, sometimes I like that when the bartenders sort of like strike up conversation with you, but sometimes I feel like, oh, now I have to talk to the bartender and I don't want to. Yeah. And it, like, but I thought that this guy did a very good job of like, he, you know, threw a little something out there and was like, yeah, yeah, cool, all right. And as soon as that ended, it was like, it was on me to either extend the conversation or not right I chose not to perfect uh-huh. uh, perfect casual conversation etiquette yeah you know like you said it's like you give a little bit and if you get some back then you get a little more and you get a little more and then at some point the next thing you know you're in bed together <laughs> could have been you never know. oh my god <laughs> it would have been up to you really <laughs> All right, maybe we're going to move on to a heavier subject. I don't know. Okay. Do you have one? Uh, weights. Weights? And measures. Okay. <laughs> got it, got it. <laughs> SI scale. For or con. <laughs> For or against. Pro or con. Um, I'm, I'm all about uh, uh, the metric system. Uh, I don't remember, like, 
I know what a pound feels like, but all of like the subcategories and everything other than pound, I don't know. Well, there's don't... not really much else, right? There's gram and ounces. Well, yeah, but like I don't, I have no idea how those. I know there's like sixteen ounces in a pound. Yep. But what the hell is six? Like that's such a weird number. That makes no sense. And then like they also use ounces for volume. Yeah, that's true. Which is just like uh, 32 ounce soda, that's two pounds of soda. <laughs> or, I don't know. Yeah. Dude, have you seen that Starbucks give, sells a 30 ounce coffee? They might, I don't know. Train top. I'm not surprised. Oh, train top, because that means 30. Boop. So I had a, I had a, uh, a... Heavy topics. <laughs> have you heard about, you know, we're going to speak off the cuff here because I don't really know too much other than the headline. Apparently, Eduardo Saperin is uh, renouncing his U.S. citizenship. Who is this? Uh, the co-founder of Facebook. Oh, I've heard of that, yeah. And I guess, yeah, I really wish I'd looked this up before, but I'm, I'm assuming he's doing it because he doesn't want to pay taxes. Because I guess he lives somewhere else now, and he's like not really originally a United States citizen. Uh, where is he from? Might be Brazil. Okay. Uh, we talked about I can't a, imagine he pays less in taxes in Brazil than he does. But I think like I think the rule is if you're a U.S. citizen, no matter where you live, you have to pay taxes. No matter where you live or where you make money, you have to pay tax, taxes back to the United States. Well, I don't know because I've uh, I've lived internationally a lot, and what people, what U.S. citizens internationally have told me is if you live outside the country for 11 months out of the year, you don't. Uh, okay. Maybe you don't need to pay income tax. Oh. Is that right? Yeah. And I wish I'd looked this up. So why do you think he renounced his citizenship then? Because he just doesn't like the United States? I don't know. Maybe he's plotting something. Well, all right. All right, here's a new topic. If the rule was that you had to live, if that you had to pay taxes in the United States if you're a citizen, and if you don't, if you, you don't, if you don't, yeah. would you renounce your U.S. citizenship? I would not renounce my U.S. citizenship unless... I don't know, fascists took over the U.S. or something like that. Like, like it would... Like, what if you were making $300 million a year, and but you were working abroad, like you were working in Singapore, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, working for some national corporation there, like you were just kind of a business yeah. guy or whatever, and uh, it just so happened that your business was in Singapore and not in the United States, and you, work, you're not, you were not working for a United States company, you were working for an international company. I mean, I think it would depend, you know, I... No, I, I would not renounce my U.S. citizenship over taxes, uh, if that's the if that's <clears> the issue. I like. I think that that's you know it's part of your duty uh, as somebody who had a lot of benefits given to you by the country that you come from to give back to that. Uh, you don't just. I mean, nobody lives in a bubble. No man is an island. Uh, and and to say that oh well all of a sudden I'm making hundreds of million do- millions of dollars and where I come from has nothing to do with that yeah and the the systems that were in place to help me get there have nothing to do with that that's I mean like totally irrespective of any sort of ethical implications it's just incorrect it's just like that is that is that is wrong because all of those things were in place to help you get to the point where you yeah. made three hundred million dollars. I guess. I guess you could say that. I mean, I guess you could come from any country, though. A lot of these positions are. 
it's just that I mean you could have grew up, grown up in, a, in like a western country in Europe or something like that and well yeah but then wouldn't you pay your taxes to that western country I mean maybe the United States is the only one with that policy let's just say hypothetically well I mean you can always you still have the right to uh, to you know try and get that law changed if you want I guess you have the but, right to I mean, do that, yeah. I don't know. Like, I think I think that the benefits of U.S. citizenship far outweigh any sort of drawbacks in terms of tax well, code. Okay, so here's a here's a sort of tangent. Then, uh, I just read an article about uh, some guys, some millionaires who you know they work and live in New York City, mm-hmm. but they don't live in New York City. They live in Westchester or some place in Connecticut or something like that. But they live and work in New York City. In that, you know, they like, own a house there. Or something? They own a house. They run a business, but they're so rich that they make like, you know, like I said, like let's say they make a hundred million dollars a year that they can, you know, New York City has some sort of like basically resident city tax, you know, which is sort of unusual. A lot of cities don't have an income tax for their residents. It's sort of like a state tax, but New York does. So their rule is if you're in New York for 180 days, then you're a New York resident, New York City resident, and you pay New York City tax also. Mm. Which is, you know, it's, it's something small, probably like 1% or something like that. But if yeah. you make $100 million, it's a million dollars or yeah. whatever it happens to be. So there's these guys who they spend a lot of effort having a house in Long Island or having a house in, like I said, Westchester or New Jersey or somewhere else. And they long their days and they spend one night here mm-hmm. in New York City and then two nights out there or the weekends over there. Yeah. And so the rule is if, you, if you're in New York City, for one minute of a day, you're there. That's your day. Yeah. You know, so like, if you work Friday night late into the night, then and you go home at 12:01 a.m., then you've been there for Saturday also. Yeah. So they, you know, they have a, and you know, they're rich. So they just have a private car, and they say, "Call me," or like, they not call me, uh, come get me. You know, and they call them at like 11 o'clock, and they say, "Get me out of here." You know, like they drive across the bridge immediately, and they yeah. log it. Look, I'm not here. Hmm. You know, so what do you think about that? Um, it seems like they're expending a lot of money to avoid paying a small tax, but... Well, it's not a small tax if they make a lot of money, though, right? That's true, yeah. Yeah, to, uh, me, to you and me, it's like, you know, 1% of an income. It's, that's, that's still a lot, but I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's not a ton, right? I mean, or maybe it's like a quarter of a percent or something like yeah, that. But still. like I said, for like, if you make... These are like ultra-rich people, you know, yeah. who make hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a lot of money. Well, it seems also that they're sort of, you know, it's almost sort of to, out of principle or, yeah. or, you know, like, if you're that rich, does that extra, you know, $400,000 you'd be paying to the city really matter? But maybe it does to them. And I don't know. Uh, I guess, like, let's, let's, say, let's say it was a five, let's say it was a 5% tax. So, like, if you made $100 million, it would be, you know, $5 billion. That's pretty high. I don't know that. Let's just say. Let, I'm just saying. Let's just say that's what right. it was. Um, I mean, it would almost be worth that much for them to move their businesses out of the city, then. Maybe. You know. Uh, but, you know, I guess I mean the law. As long as you're following the letter of the law and not fraud, defrauding anybody or anything like that, then I guess that's that's great. I mean, I would. I probably don't really want to know those people or like you know anybody who's just sort of like well that's kind of i mean this is sort of a similar i was trying to paint this as sort of like a similar situation to the citizenship thing where it's like you know everybody else who like lives in new york city does this you know Mm -hmm. pays this tax whatever it happens to be whether it's five percent or one percent or a quarter percent 
you know, and I mean, if you make a hundred million dollars, then you owe five percent. That's just that's yeah. just it, or one percent, or whatever. The, I forget the number exactly. Well, what I've sort of started to think, uh, I know I've mentioned this book that I've read um, called The Darwin Economy on the yeah, po- podcast before, yeah. but like the the central message that I got from it is that where we really should be taxing things is tax activities that are detrimental to you know like to society or to individuals or or to whatever like a sin tax almost or almost yeah yeah like like so excise i think they call it right uh um but that that would include you know if you you make a good case for global warming then you tax carbon emissions um you know you tax uh you tax what he makes a, an argument for in the book is uh, basically like a luxury tax because uh, he he makes an argument that people increasing the sort of excesses that they spend always raises that bar of competitive excess and so you spend you know ten thousand dollars on your wedding well i want to spend twenty thousand dollars on mine and then the next guy's like i gotta spend and then the next thing you know people are spending a million dollars on their kids bar mitzvah or birthday party or or whatever and and the argument is that that actually that sort of competition is not beneficial to the individuals it's it's detrimental to the whole and so he says well then we can put a luxury tax on uh, on consumption above whatever uh, some number like a million dollars or something. So if you spend more than a million dollars a year, you have to pay some percentage of that on to the government as well. Um, but I would I would say that you know like those those sorts of things, uh, provided you can make a strong argument for whatever the activity is being a, a detrimental activity, then that's a good tax having a tax on someone just for living in a place i would say like well i mean you do at at some point a city has to raise revenues right uh i would say at first you want to maybe tax the detrimental activities or or whatever like so you kind of subscribe to this sort of what the guy suggested in the book i am not a hundred percent there were definitely some spots when i was reading through that i was like oh i i think that you made a, a logical leap there as opposed to you know a very solid argument but the fundamental point of uh not all competition leads to better results for society right i agree with sometimes it does sometimes it doesn't um and in those cases when it doesn't that competition can be uh regulated for the better betterment of society I would say that I, I ascribe to that yeah it's a difficult uh, thing to pull over on people though I guess huh? like not pull over but I mean yeah like a lot of people it's a difficult argument to make to people who have ingrained from you know their childhood almost the concept of uh, unregulated competition as producing the best results well and also you deserve what you get right or you deserve like, if you're making a ton of money, then you deserve to be able to do whatever you want with it. And it's like freedom of choice, right? And to have right. somebody tell you that that's not good for society or not good for anybody else. Right. And, and, and even if it wasn't good for anybody else, who cares? Because it's like, I have the money, I want to do what I want. 
that's sort of difficult. Yeah, but that, I mean, with, right? with your latter case where you say, I have the money, I want to do whatever I want, that, that brings up very clear instances of, well, no, you're violating, you could violate other people's freedoms and rights with that. But where you said on the earlier, earlier you were sort of saying, well, no, if, uh, if someone has money, they have the right to do what they wish with it. That is the, the more difficult one. And so what I, what I would ascribe to is, is the, the basic sort of, uh, John Stuart Mill idea of you should be free to do what you wish, provided it does not infringe upon the freedoms of others. I think you'd have to like make a bill of rights that had a hundred hundred amendments to it or whatever to like like elucidate exactly how me spending a lot of money would infringe on somebody else's rights or maybe I just read this book or something like that I don't know but it's a very it's a very it seems like the dots would have to be very long well yeah in order to connect that connection right you need a a greater ecological understanding of the world in order to elucidate that sort of connection the ecological connection you're kind of mentioning for everybody into some sort of document because I mean the, sort of the Bill of Rights uh, the Constitution of the United States is sort of like our country sort of like these are your rights yeah right and if you say that's my right it's like well you better have a document somewhere that says that's your right otherwise you can't go around saying that's my right right it's my right to eat broccoli actually it's not you know I could say you can't eat broccoli because it's not it doesn't say that there but mm-hmm. maybe if you translate it in like freedom like you know pursuit of happiness and that's like broccoli then okay fine you know I mean but but that's you can't that's the declaration of independence not the constitution sure but I mean a founding document okay alright it's a preamble but I understand <laughs> <laughs> but I mean maybe you, you get my point though perhaps that like in order for you to actually say you don't have the right to economically disadvantage somebody else by spending so much money that seems like a no. very very lengthy argument that would not oh no you yeah but that that is so. an argument in the negative whereas what you can say as your as your bill of right in the positive is you are free to do anything that does not impinge upon the freedom of others that leaves sure. it wide open and then the burden of proof is on somebody who wants to restrict your freedom yeah, but still, that that sort of like attempt to restrict your freedom in, the, in in terms of how much you spend would be very difficult. Oh yeah. If well, this guy writes a whole book about you know sort of. It's not it's not saying you can't spend that much, but he's arguing that you could tax that much, that sort of spending. But you have to make a connection to that to the fact that that in like sort of how affected somebody else in a negative way first. Yeah, and it seems he, like it'd be a difficult argument to to. Well, he he cites a whole bunch of behavioral economic studies that yeah I, that I mean maybe support his argument I guess I mean I suppose but I'm just saying like getting anybody to agree with that seems like it'd be difficult I like, don't know I mean like read, you know if you read the book then then all right. maybe I mean, it's maybe you so we have Congress read it and then it'll be done or like no well dude you know if Congress <laughs> could be swayed by anything then that would be really interesting but that, I guess that's but, my point right it's just like that's a that's a very uh, heady intellectual com- like uh, idea, and mm-hmm. sure, I I mean maybe even I I agree with it just without having read it. Like uh, yeah, it sounds fine to me. But like I mean, generally speaking, convincing society of this truth this doesn't seem like a very practical. Well, thing. what he what he presented it as was an alternative to income tax. Yeah. Which most people would be happy getting rid of the income tax, right? Maybe. Like I like if you could find another way of paying for all the things that income tax pays for, 
but you're not actually taking money from my income. Basically, what you're having is a sales tax on luxury items. Well, then the people who are rich are going to oppose it, I suppose. I mean, somebody has to pay more when you change the income tax system, I suppose. Right, or maybe not, I mean, not even just people who are rich, but people who are buying things that, you know, fall under some category that that has been shown to, I don't know, be detrimental to society when those things are, or you, or say like a carbon emissions tax, you know. Uh, I guess what I'm saying is like if you revamp the tax system, somebody's going to lose. Right, but somebody always loses any time any law is passed. Yeah, so those people are going to complain, right? Right, yeah. But what you do is you have to make the, the system be as fair and just as possible. And you have to make those arguments clear. And so when somebody does complain, you actually say, you know what, look, this is the most fair system that we have. And the reason it's unfair, you think it's unfair to you now is because it was uh, unfair to everybody else in your favor before. Do you think fairness and uh, like economic incentives and all that stuff are, can coexist? You know, I mean, like, a lot of times when these, like, lawmakers and policymakers make their policies, they sort of sometimes make them to stimulate the economy or sort of, like, right. um, stimulate growth or whatever. Do you think those are necessarily fair, or do you think it can be fair and also stimulative? Would there be room for economic growth and, and that sort of thing? I think there certainly would, because if you had a fair system... I think one of the things that would be just sort of fundamental to that is people who worked harder would reap greater rewards. And so it would inherently stimulate people that wanted to, to work harder and, and reap greater rewards. Now, the proportionality of difference is probably, you know, uh, maybe, you know, would, would be different than... than a sort of anarchist state or something that that kind of a, a radical libertarian uh, might say is like the most fair is just sort of like almost no laws and yeah. and that's sort of whatever thing. happens, but, uh, happens. yeah um, and when you know when all the money and property ends up in the hands of a of a single monopoly it's like well that's you know that was the free market talking which is like well no that's that's unfair um, but so you have to have some things in place to, to stop that from happening. But if you, if you, something fundamental to the, to a, a fair system is if you work harder, you will, you will do better. Boop. Anyway. Well. That was a long and serious economic yeah, discussion based on very little economic training. Yeah. <laughs> so it, how many, uh, I took some econ classes. <laughs> <laughs> There are no fart jokes or anything. God, this has been a rough session. Sorry, everybody. Maybe we should come up with something lighter next week. Yeah. If you want to send hate mail, you can send it to irregularsearchfortruth at gmail.com. Or corrections. I'm sure there are a lot of errors. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, none of this should be taken too seriously. Yeah. <laughs> this has been the Irregular Search for Truth. My name is Scott. And I'm Sachin. Take it easy.